0: And welcome back to the Vancouver Actors Podcast. I'm your co-host, Michael Coleman. And I'm
1: your other co-host, Sydney
0: Quinnell. Uh, We'd like to take a quick second here to give a shout out to our sponsor,
1: Uh, WeAudition.com.
0: That's right, so uh, if you use the promo code VancouverActors, you'll receive a 25% discount. Uh, It's an opportunity for uh, you to have professional readers on call 24 seven and they'll help you with your self tapes. Uh, So while we're still navigating a global pandemic and still making films and television series and all that other fun stuff, it's nice to know there is a professional uh, service out there that can assist you to make sure that everything you do is your best work Uh, and if you treat every audition like it's the big one one day it will be so, uh, yeah, so weaudition.com. And for those of you who are professional actors that feel really great about your uh, skill sets as a reader, there's also a revenue-generating opportunity with them. Uh, reach out to uh, weaudition.com and let them know you'd like to apply to be one of their readers, and then you can actually generate a little bit of money that way as well. So lots of cool things, lots of things in the community, expanding. So super cool sponsor. Absolutely love having them on board. Yeah,
1: and thanks to all people that are taking advantage of this coupon code as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, today we're actually going to go into viewer questions that we've uh, gotten over the last week and just kind of dive into those.
0: Yeah, so we've got a couple different people emailing us. Uh, Different questions or commenting and posting on our on our various platforms. So whether you're listening to us or watching us or smelling us, no, that would be a weird platform. I don't think we have that technology yet. But if you're listening to us or if you're watching us, uh, there's different ways to uh, leave comments, or you can also contact our producer Lydia Rimmer. L Y, have you not called her yet? L Y D I A R I M M E R at Story Institute. Dot Lydia Rimmer That's what it sounded like if she scored a goal. Yeah. So uh now you know her just a little bit better and uh you want to really get to know her, send her an email. Just say hey what's going on? Lydia Rimmer at storing suit.ca L-Y Y why am I talking to you? Why? Why? So that's what my five-year-old, that's the email she would send. Why? Why? All right. Let's get into the podcast but these here. these questions were a
1: little bit better mm-hmm. as much as we love Nate. Oh, come on. She's gold.
0: <laughs> come on. Her why questions are gold. But... All right. so since my five-year-old isn't here we've got a couple of great questions uh sid the kid you want to rock and roll and launch this with the first one
1: yeah so caroline emailed this one in with two proposals for film studios in victoria bc one at western speedway site and one in mill bay what impact will this have for the vancouver film market should they be developed great question
0: fantastic question um you know i think it's uh, do you want if i jump in I'll, sure uh, yeah i so, have a couple yeah, so I, I'm sure we'll go back and forth on this quite a bit. So one of my favorite things that we've seen in recent years is not only the expansion outside of the Vancouver market. Like I'm, I'm old enough to remember when we were just doing Neon Rider and Twenty One Jump Street and stuff like that, and that's a long, long time ago. Probably a reference lost on anybody listening today. But there was a time where we were really just shooting just a couple shows in town. Um, but then eventually we started expanding the market out to Langley and Surrey, and we started building studios. And then Kelowna has absolutely launched and exploded I filmed a couple movies myself over the last few years over in Victoria Victoria's launching and expanding so you know it's interesting Vancouver's always seen as kind of the little tiny city compared to Toronto as two of the major film destinations in Canada but it's nice that we haven't let our geographical boundaries of Vancouver proper dictate the amount of work we can have so it's nice to see the expansion diversification of our geographical areas our talent pools both on the crew and the cast size Again, I've probably said this a million times on this podcast, but I I truly, truly, truly believe that if we continue to expand, diversify, and strengthen our talent pool, it's not going to make it more competitive for fewer jobs. It will actually, in effect, cause more opportunities here. And, you know, we're sitting here in a global pandemic, and we're able to generate a a few more opportunities than we, you know, even had last year. So I, I think we should all really, you know, reflect on the community opportunity here that this isn't about let's all scramble for the crumbs. Let's all continue to get better and better, expand our geography, expand the talent pool, diversify more inclusion. There's a real, real opportunity here for us to be the film destination that we've always wanted to be. And I think we're slowly making uh, steps towards that.
1: Yeah, and I think that just to add on to that in a different kind of way of looking at it, There's already so much being shot in Victoria right now. The only thing that really changes is the fact that now they have location to have in-studio. For sure. Because they're already filming a ton. There's actually a lot of places in Victoria where they've taken um, warehouses and turned them into studios for a lot of the uh, Air Bud franchises shoot there. Sure. So this is just more uh, opportunities for films and productions outside of bc to have somewhere else to rent which is easier and more accessible as well as if if it starts being more of a market there they're going to stop taking people from vancouver and paying them to come over there for like background because right now they pay for people in vancouver to do background in victoria and they put them in hotel rooms and everything whereas if it starts being a market there then they're Because I already saw this week, actually, there is three new agents popping up in Victoria, uh, which is crazy. It's
0: amazing. Um, It's really cool. Just this month. Yeah. It's such a beautiful area it's such a beautiful part of our province it's really cool to see you know and uh you know i've had lots of family uh over in victoria and i get a chance to go over there quite a bit for either filming or family it's just anytime anybody goes there it's like such a lovely group of people so like if you were gonna like expand your market what a cool thing to expand it with people that you're like man i really like these guys i'd love for them to get yeah. to do what we do and
1: i think that it won't turn into like oh are you going to move to victoria or vancouver for film it's kind of still all the same place i would say for sure like it's just like how when you say oh i'm filming in, Vic- i'm filming in vancouver area like if someone wasn't from here yeah are filming in vancouver they're probably filming in langley for sure um like maybe they're filming in victoria
0: if they're lucky maybe Aldergrove grove or something even further i don't know but
1: i feel like there's a lot of shows that you don't even realize were shot here like for years i do not know the hundred was shooting here because they were in a studio for For sure.
0: When we shot Once Upon a Time, we shot it primarily out not only in Richmond, but Steveston, which is deep Richmond. Mm -hmm. And then we also shot it in like Fort Langley and uh, Tawasson and all over the place. So it's just, it's nice that we diversify. So the question is with the proposals of two film studios, I mean, I think Sydney really nailed it with the fact that it's nice to have different locations. um, And it's nice to have a willing community to accept the film industry into their uh, family and community. But as soon as you uh, build studios, you're able to control the environment. And when you control the environment, you can start filming uh, regardless of weather or regardless of noise or events or things like that. Again, going back to when we did Once Upon a Time, we actually recreated Granny's Diner that you had in uh, Steveston, but we also had one of those in well, was, like, Bridge like, R- Studios.
1: Dale and Sabrina also have um, the inside of their schools. The first season, they usually don't make it into a set and then they'll make it into a set in for TV sure once they have more money Um, because they start using the actual school, then they remake the school in a studio. Like another thing, if you're in Victoria, the old train house is actually a film studio, uh, as well as the big warehouse next to the superstore in Esquimalt is also actually a film studio. You just don't notice it unless you do background.
0: For sure, and you know, old warehouses work. I mean, my very first gig was about 30 years ago with uh, Fred Waniuk from Corner Gas, who's also uh, one of my business partners here at Story Institute. And, uh, uh, but Freddie and I both did our first gig in an old warehouse, we did a Sunkiss commercial and uh, warehouses are mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, but, but I will
1: say that now that they're actually getting proper studios that'll look like what Bridge and Martini- did sure. Here, then it'll actually be seen as more of uh, real films.
0: Yeah, and you know, we've got lots of different uh, A-list Perform. I mean, they've been here for a long time, but we're seeing more and more of the bigger feature films. We're seeing more and more infrastructure from places like Netflix, uh, all the big hallmarks all over the place, the CW, uh, and, and, and many, many more. So we have a lot of different companies that are investing a lot in our infrastructure. So they're really creating opportunities for us to uh, build our own destiny. They're creating opportunities for us to create our own opportunities. And then the question is just, what do we do with it? So, you know, Um, what impact will this have on the Vancouver film market should they be developed my instinct is that it will continue to allow us to grow as long as we continue to have people that grow with it I mean I think that's the part we have to remember is that we can't just get more cameras and we can't just get more trucks and we can't just get more locations we have to have the local people here and we have a very competitive tax credit system that is one of the larger reasons that the American productions come up here and if we want to continue to maximize that we as a talent pool have to continue to strengthen and diversify and make sure we have enough people to do all what? the jewel I jobs
1: just, the jewels. <laughs> I was going
0: to say the jewel the, when you don't have to do the jewels that's like a theft <laughs> no thing babing.
1: no vaping uh, um, anyways what, what I was going to say on, on top of that was because they're going to be starting to uh, Hire more for like crew also in Victoria. There's gonna be more opportunities for film schools and more businesses of the like in Victoria because I know there's already some budding up in the Comox Valley yep. and around the island. And so now those people won't have to move to Vancouver to make it. For sure.
0: Big shout out to all those acting schools and all the different people that are building infrastructure over on the island. Good for you. Uh, you're a part of the solution and you're a part of the growth and the diversification and inclusion Remember, and expansion.
1: Hollywood isn't just Hollywood. No. Hollywood is pretty much all of California. Yeah,
0: so let's uh, let's have that same opportunity to build here. So uh, I think it's a good thing. I, you know, I also I love filming in Victoria. Like one of my favorite things, um, the last I, I did a Sherlock Holmes thing over there, and uh, one of my favorite things was getting up in the morning, go for a walk around the water, and just you oh, know, yeah. just well,
1: that was my college town.
0: Oh, beautiful! Yeah, it's um, my wife went uh, to Royal Roads over there as well. So like mm. we we've gone over there quite a bit Super for Gorgeous, right? So you know, just the architecture, the people, the places, the history. It's a really cool place. So you know, what Victoria? Uh, two thumbs up. Yeah,
1: I realize that also. People say like when things are shooting in Kelowna, they say Vancouver too. And for Kelowna's sure. It's like a flight away. Yeah. <laughs> like,
0: Kelowna's is a, a, a quick drive if you've got two young children and don't like putting them on planes. A quick
1: drive is about five hours.
0: Uh, taking them on a plane is about five years. That's true. It's a lot. It's a They're a lot. But I they're mean, like, lot.
1: it's closer than Kelowna and probably more affordable. So I'm excited to see what happens. And I hope I book something in Victoria so I can see all my guests He's from college.
0: Yeah, and I, uh, I, I always consider the ferry like Vancouver's Disneyland. Like I love the ferry. No, I do not. I, I love just
1: it. I have to take it like three times. Oh
0: man. The, you know what? Like, you get on the ferry, you get yourself a nice legendary burger. You sit at the window. You, you chillax. Don't emphasize
1: those $40 trips. we oh. BC Ferries. We already <laughs> gone to a Twitter fight once. All right.
0: BC Ferries. I still love you. Uh,
1: Sponsor me. That's
0: yeah. Uh, yeah. You just keep those legendary burgers coming. I mean, yeah. it's the best part of your boat. Uh, I great love them. Great video. Get
1: Great video great question i feel like this could turn into an entire video but we should move on okay so let's move on, on then come back to that another video talking sure about it do you planet. want to ask the next question uh sure so this is by caitlin What are some terms you can have in your contract? What are some of the most ridiculous requests you've made in a contract? How often can you update your contract?
0: These are um, amazing, fantastic uh, questions. So one of the, um, if I can jump in on some of this. So the first thing is what kind of terms can you have in your contract? Literally anything. You can literally put anything you want in your contract because it's really just designing the relationship and the agreement. And as the industry continues to evolve and we're seeing more and more opportunities for us to have different levels of diversity, inclusion, standing up for one another. I think you're seeing more and more people putting different riders in their contracts to make sure that they are involved in a culture or an environment that they want to be a part yeah, of. and
1: I want to say really quickly a lot of so what a rider is is that you when you have a contract and you go on tours usually with a rider and then the different dressing rooms have to have something in your dressing room when you arrive and a lot of people have those the idea of that People on tour have ridiculous riders. Is actually because if they see that you listen so much to having only like red M and M's, that means you probably set up their equipment properly, so nobody. Yeah. Thinks. Just like I just wanted to throw that out there for like the ridiculous comment in the no, it's cool well, because a lot of people do that for yeah. You, you, you
0: put a ridiculous thing in your contract because what it means is the other person reads the entire contract. I, I I mean I get it. If any of you have looked at a contract. The legalese even, is just... It's, it's an insane. And even as actors, you need to be looking at your contract. You should understand what all of it means. And I, I, I bet most of us don't know. And it's you need to know. You need to know. So, And if you're going to sign something, make sure you know everything that's in yeah, there.
1: Yeah. Like I've been on set for, like when I very first started um, doing background, they send you, they give you a starter package on set that is like 25 pages if it's for a TV show. Just yeah. for background. 25 pages to give you five minutes to sign everything. How am I supposed to read all 25 pages? And then how, why are you getting mad at me later? Which I always read it. But like, how are you getting mad at someone later for not following everything?
0: When do you give even find us to read it? For sure. So there's a there's a lot of different complications and, 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 and different things that can happen with your contract. The one thing I would say is, A, I'd never sign anything without reading it. B, I'd never sign anything without my agent reading it. So I'd have two sets of eyes on it. I'd read it tip to tail, probably a couple of times. Uh, but you can literally put anything in there. Even a standard representation contract, you know, you're looking at, this is a pretty, um, you know, it, it, most, most agents will will work from the same basic template in terms of terms and conditions. And it'll often be for like a year and these sorts of things. But you have to be careful that you haven't, you know, you might be represented by an agent that doesn't do voiceover work, for example. And then you might find yourself signing with an agent who just wants to work with your voice. But you got to read the contract because often you might find that there is language in there that suggests that any of your work goes to them. And now you're either paying two agents or you have to specify in the contract, well, can we maintain this uh, you can this contract can just for voiceover? You can
1: always change your contract. You can always like, be like, mm, I don't agree with that.
0: Well, yeah. But it's like any contract, like you can, you can change it. I mean, you can put, you know, draw a little happy faces on it and say, I want to, you know, be, I want to be taken to sit on a white horse every day. The other person has to also be willing to sign the contract. Yeah. So keep in mind that while you can always make recommendations and it, this is part of the, you know, negotiation or the building of a contract is all parties that are signing to it uh, have to agree to all of the terms and conditions. So I would say if anything strikes you as odd, uh, address it, bring it up. Can
1: I, can I bring some, uh, signing contract story? Sure. Um, so I did, it was for a photo shoot for a commercial Yeah. and I was like, Oh, it says on here, my pay is for eight hours. What if we go over eight hours? What is the rate after that? And they said, Oh, we won't need to go over eight hours. I said, okay, great. But can we please put at the bottom of the contract? If we go over eight hours, we will come up with a new rate. Right. Um, and then they're like, sure, whatever. And they signed it, not really thinking about it. Uh Oh, 801 comes around i'm calling on my agent and i'm like hey we're over eight hours can you please ask them to negotiate my pay for afterwards and then uh they then realized they couldn't just keep me over eight hours just because i was the lowest person they were paying that day and so they ended up having to
0: pay me double yeah i mean the one thing you can keep it one of the nice things about any contract is it can't violate uh bc labor laws or any of our federal laws so the good news is that there are some things in place that do protect us to some degree, but what you don't want to do is sign your rights away. So you want to make sure that, you know, you read the contract tip to tail. Again, not a lot of people put the red M&Ms in their contract because we don't necessarily, uh, we're not looking at each other like that, uh, you know, like we're rock bands on the road and just imagining people are scanning through them. That being said, don't scan through your contract, read it tip to tail. Uh,
1: What are the most ridiculous things that you've included in a contract, though? Was I? Because the question is, what are the most ridiculous requests you have made in a contract?
0: Um, Sometimes when I do fan fan conventions or appearances, I'll put something in my contract. I never do anything in my contract that's going to... uh, Like, I don't ask for anything much. I just want to make sure I'm taken care of. Like, I want to make sure I have transportation to and from the airport. That's often in there already, but if it's not, then I ask for it. Uh, I might ask for... uh, uh, well most I don't know if I ask for anything you know we generally get a per diem and yeah. you'll have somebody who's there with you to make sure that everything's on schedule like you get like a, somebody who like um, a team member or whatever that'll work with you directly
1: yeah which I I made it so tell us thank you tell us but tell us sponsored me and hired me to make appearances at um, the Dota uh, World Championships in 2018 and I got so I got paid to go every day to appear yeah. here and just posted on my social media that Telus sent me there. And it was great because I was already buying the tickets. And then they paid for me to go. Um, And I jokingly said one day, I was like, like when we were negotiating contracts with a phone call, I was like, yeah, so like bodyguards and stuff. And I said that jokingly. And then when I got there, they had two people as like bodyguards to me. And I was like, I, that was a joke. Right. That was a bit. Nobody cares who I am. Turns out I did need them because 8,000
0: guys When you're in a cosplay of the a character, they like will. Sure, yeah, can get, you little, need, you they need can get a little. You uh, can get a little, yeah. Somebody uh, uh, jokingly they, said that. For sure. Well, you know, I guess probably the weirdest thing I'd ever did is, is we were doing, uh, um, you know, a lot of conventions a few years ago and. Um, We decided we didn't want. There was only a week between, like five days between the two conventions, and as opposed to flying back and forth, it was going to be cheaper for us to just um, stay in the stay across the line and just uh, travel by train because we'd never traveled by train before. So we renegotiated the contract, and it ended up working out cheaper for the person. Which again, I'm not saying you should negotiate cheaper. It's probably like craziest thing in the sense that I asked them to give me more money. Yeah. Well, yeah. And then me, my wife and children got to, you know, take the train, see parts of the, you know, parts of the planet we wouldn't have seen otherwise. And... So that's probably the craziest thing, but you know, lots of actors will ask for different things in terms of they don't, you know, I don't want to work after this hour, or I don't want to, uh, I need to be able to be off by five o'clock on Friday so I can fly back to LA for the weekend, or people can ask for a lot of different things in different contracts.
1: Uh, just remember that the other person signing your contract is also a human.
0: But I, And I would also say, uh, just keep in mind where where you at at the table right now. So, uh, I would say for people starting out, I'd worry less about uh, getting all the fancy, fine-tuned things into your contract. Just get a contract. Uh, Make sure you're respected, make sure you're respectful, but get a contract. And just, you know, if there's anything in there, you know, we've got cool things like intimacy coordinators now for Mm -hmm. fighting and and different sort of like romantic type scenes. So there's things that are already in place now, which is really cool to see. Oh, and
1: in a COVID world, there's a lot of times where um, I just did a short film and they sent us the stuff and they were basically like, oh yeah, um, there is intimacy, but just sign this thing saying that if you get COVID and die, you can't blame us.
0: Yeah. So and that's so not a great we one. so we were like,
1: can you just take out the smooches instead? How about we do that? How about we just take out kissing mm-hmm. instead of us eventually dying? <laughs> and so like that, you like can you just could, call it smooches. Smooches, yeah.
0: <laughs> the and smooch class. I think
1: that's how I said it in the email. too.
0: Yeah. So you can, you know, I, I guess the bottom line is everything- The main thing is that when you're on set, you should feel safe, respected, comfortable, and able to do your best work. So if there's anything in a contract, either with an agent or a production that doesn't allow you to do that, then my advice is don't. And uh, respectfully go and renegotiate that element of the contract. You also have to be prepared though, if somebody somebody offers you a contract, it doesn't violate any of the rules of BC labor laws or anything Mm -hmm. like that, and they don't want to sign the other side, You have to be able to walk away because if you ask for certain things, you know, you might ask for more money or you might ask for a bigger trailer or you might, whatever it might be. The other side can also say, no, thank you. And they can say, look, if you're not gonna sign this contract, uh, where, you know, I've, you know, I've been on shows for longer periods of time and, um, you know, I made a request to just be paid as much as my co-stars and uh, the answer was no. So my answer was I walked away. So I chose not to be a part of that series any longer uh, because I didn't feel respected. So I felt like if you're not gonna pay me as much as, I'm not asking for more, but if you're not gonna respect me as everybody else after this many years, I think I'm gonna take a step back and focus on other projects, which is fine.
1: Also making sure that your contracts line up to the union guidelines as well. Um, This goes into not being paid as an actor when other people are being paid kind of thing, knowing if everyone's volunteer or if everyone's getting paid. Um, the union says all ULBs, including student films, says so union low budgets, or ultra-low budget union films, um, you can still negotiate a rate. And some of these contracts says you cannot negotiate a rate, but that's not negotiated. Right. That is uh, illegal and not allowed, just yeah. so you know.
0: So there's lots of hopefully then answers. The th- I mean, the main takeaway hopefully you get from this is that everything's negotiable. But remember, both sides have to sign it, and both sides have the power to walk away.
1: And I think you said it, but you can update your contract whenever you want.
0: Right? Uh, well, you could you can ask to do it. Generally, the contract is generally in place for the first year of of your agreement, mm-hmm. and then it's just sort of automatically uh, assumed and renewed on an annual basis. Uh, but some some agents might hold you to the first year because if you think about it, they work for you for free. Uh, and they invest, you know, forty, fifty, sixty plus hours a week in you. And if three months in, you decide you don't want to do this anymore, well, you've just asked them to work for you every day for free, and they can—they have a case when they say we don't want to let you out of your contract. That being said. You also have the ability to say that I'm not available for auditions any longer. So you, you can both play hardball, but at the end of the day, if the relationship gets to that place, neither one of you are probably in the right relationship and it's probably yeah. best for you to both agree to, you know, uh, remove the contract from the relationship.
1: Yeah, and I also want to add really quickly, sorry, we're taking so long on all these questions, but with contracts right now, with a lot of popular shows, a lot of them say you have to have Twitter and you have to have Instagram, you have to have all this stuff. Um, I think that you said you've experienced that, where they- I mean, uh, It's been highly
0: time. encouraged in other projects I've worked on to be active on social media platforms. That being said, we'll see how that goes. I mean, I, even most of the, well, I'm not gonna say that because I'm not gonna speak out of turn, but I know a lot of people have people that manage their social media accounts for them because it's yeah. a bit of a, a mind trap and there's not enough regulation, unfortunately, in, in social media platforms. Oh, I know so, I like
1: my friend, um, her pilot was just picked up. Yay, Jess, good, congratulations. But in her contract, she talks, them
0: out of having social media in her contract yeah so yeah you can again anything's negotiable it depends on what people want to do and some people like the social media some people don't and uh you know if it's important to the project then you have to ask yourself how important it is to you to have it or not have it and they'll have yeah. to have that same equation acquaint- but if they say it's mandatory you have to be prepared that you yeah, might just you lose the use game it every day
1: like even in the contract it just says you have to be on it well it depends on what the con- some, i mean for some people's contract that sure, for sure
0: All I'm saying is that whatever the contract says, if you sign it, you're saying you're going to do it and your word should be your bond. So if you're going to sign it, do it. If you're not going to do it, don't sign it. It's actually really easy. But at the end of the day, everything's negotiable. You need to feel safe. You need to feel respected. You need to be safe. You need to be respectful everything can be written down. It's better to know the rules of the universe in advance. It's better to know all the outstanding things that could happen so that you never get yourself into a situation where you're like, "Uh uh-oh, this wasn't covered. Now, how do we handle this? Those are the conversations you never want to be in. You want to make sure that you always, even the wildest, craziest things, uh, you know, many people refer to it as building fences. Know where your land is and where your neighbor's land is and what all the rules of the neighborhood are. That way, no matter what happens in our neighborhood, cool, we wrote it down. So we never have to have a fight about it because we wrote it down. So let's, why don't we just- have uncomfortable conversations
1: in yeah. the beginning before it's actually
0: uncomfortable. Yeah. And truthfully, if you have them in the beginning, they don't have to be uncomfortable this is what i'm willing to do this is what i'm not willing to do or this is what i'd like to do i'd prefer not to do this or if we did this i'd i'd like us to consider some different ways that will make it more uh, uh confident for me allow me to do better work whatever the case may be but there's a lot of different things that you can do to make sure that it's uh it's all set
1: yeah um moving on to another youtube question i uh, didn't get the name here but Thank you. Um, do the larger talent agencies have agents separated by department? I notice on some sites the profiles do not specify what certain agents cover. I.e., is it possible to have one agency for commercial and a different agency for theatrical? Is it possible to just sign for theatrical and nothing else? Also, are commercial departments split by union and non-union?
0: Brilliant question. Brilliant word. So here, here's here's the the reality is that. There is no hard, fast rule. Every agency is different. So there's going to be most agents in town have various agents in the the office and they have a roster of clients that they manage. But then there are other agencies in town where they have a roster of agents in the office and they all manage the same roster. But certain agents focus on certain shows or for certain networks, things like that. And then in addition to that, you'll have some agencies where this is our literary departments for like writers and directors. And this is our voiceover department. And this is our uh, film and TV background. department or background. department. I mean, there's a million and one different things that it could be. So do larger agencies have agents separated by department uh, often? Larger agencies will have agents that are separated into different categories, but those categories could either be by show or by production company or things like that, or they could just be divided by roster. So those are different ways. And in addition to that, Uh, some of these larger talent agencies will also have assistants or they might have uh, different people they work with or, you know, like some of the bigger ones, they'll have someone who just focuses on the voiceover and they will have a a selection of actors that all work within, you know, certain age or certain actors from this agent and from this agent and from this agent, but all usually within the same agency. Now, if your agency doesn't have a department, like a couple departments like literary or voiceover or specialty departments, so not every agency necessarily has that. And if you don't have that, then it is permissible in those cases to get a, a secondary agency. But I would make sure I was really clear with the other with all the agents involved, all of your business partners that um, hey, just you know, my theatricals here, but they don't have a voiceover department, so I'm looking for somebody to look after my voice. So I'd like That's to bring like, it here.
1: Um, one of our students, I won't say their name, but they got because
0: it's Voldemort. You can say Voldemort. It's Voldemort. Um, don't be weird about so it. So
1: Voldemort. Was, oh my god, um, she's coming. Was it with one agency, and then they didn't mesh well with the principal agent, but they meshed well with the commercial agency and the background agency connected to that agency. And so they left principal, but they're still there for commercial and background. And then they went to a different agency for principal and both sides are fine. I'll be honest,
0: uh, that's unusual for me. I wouldn't do it. So they can do it. I mean, you do whatever the hell you want. I wouldn't do it.
1: Well, apparently the new agent didn't want to take them on for commercial. They just want to take them on just for principal. And right. so they stayed for commercial with a different agent at that agency. And then you, Yeah, on. I guess
0: you can do what you like. I've always.
1: Whatever works for you, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Who you're working with.
0: My advice, though, is I would, whenever possible, I would have all of my representation in one place. The only time I would make an exception is voiceover or literary. Those are the only two, because those are such niche markets here in Vancouver where there's only a few people who really focus uh, in a bigger way on voiceovers or on literary. So those would be the two uh, things where I'd make that consideration everything also,
1: else you don't have to say you don't want to have if you do background still when you're. but principal. yeah
0: even then my advice is like my advice is to do principal or do background like i i know this has been a thing forever but you know if you do background yeah. in a show you're pretty much burned so but
1: yeah so, so if like, you are doing backgrounds and a lot of people try to just do background for like movies so they're not
0: burned but then yeah. you're burned for the movie i mean again like i think you're i think you're end up playing a weird game at vegas and i'm not sure yeah. i trust the dice so if you're gonna be background, then I do background. If you're gonna be principal, do principal. And then a lot of people will say, well, I need a revenue stream while I'm waiting for my principal work to come in. Great, we all do. We are big fans of multiple revenue streams, but I think that's the wrong revenue stream. I think it's, I don't think it's the best way. I think you—you—I think there's a lot of people that have dreams of grandeur that, you know, you wanna be the background performer on set that somebody notices and says, hey, I think you're great and special. Do you wanna have some lines next episode? And in my 30 years, I don't know if I've ever seen it happen.
1: I've seen
0: it happen three times. Uh, but d- sure. Th- uh,
1: uh, but that's for very specialized things.
0: Sure. I, I would say even if you've seen it happen, if that's your business plan, I'd say it's, it's, yeah. it's not a great business plan. I would, uh, I would personally recommend picking one or the other. You need a day job while you're waiting for your principal work to come in. I think background work is probably the worst way to do it. I think background work is a great way to get... Onset experience, understand the language, understand the culture, but it's. I, yeah. I think people often see it as a gateway into principal work. It's I, not
1: like I see. I don't lot think of, it's. I don't think
0: it is. I think it's a bad way to get into. I'm it. I've been
1: in a lot of Vancouver actors groups, and everyone's like, "Hey guys, I just decided to start being an actor, so I'm doing background right now." And I'm like, "That's not how you become an actor. You become an actor from training."
0: Wait, well, but yeah, I mean,
1: it's like saying, "Hey guys, I want to be a chef, so I started working at McDonald's."
0: I, there's a I lot of people that perpetuate the. Different. People perpetuate the, the idea that it's impossible to be an actor, but then they also at the same time keep cutting their feet and hands off, and then they wonder why it's not working. Like, I, again, I, I just I really think that if you want to work in this town, you need to focus on one or the other. So, you know, going back to the agency stuff, I know a lot of people do both. I I'm uh, of the school of thought of I don't think I think it's I think it's a bad idea. I'd do one or the other. And if you need to create another revenue while you're waiting for your uh, principal work to come in, get another revenue stream, but don't make it background work. I mean, it's not like that's the only option. But if
1: you're not listening to that, you decide to send, like to do background work, sign with a background agent that does not have a principal roster.
0: <laughs> for, for sure, yeah. And that's, that's probably good advice. If you're gonna do it, separate those things, you know, like church and state, like really get those things as far away from each other as possible.
1: otherwise, Your agent might know like, Oh, well, they're not working principal, but I know they have a good look for background. So I'm getting money from them either way. I'm not saying all agents think like that, but that could happen if you're,
0: I guess it depends on who's listening to this podcast at this moment. Like I get it. And I know lots of people that do both. I do. And a lot of people are advocates for both personally it's my personal belief is that I don't think it's a, it's your strongest weight yet. And I think it's, yeah. I think there's better ways to make money and there are better ways to create yourself. So you're available for the on-camera stuff. And there's better ways not to burn yourself. Like anytime you do ba-
1: PA work, you make more money in a day in the background and you're on set too.
0: But even then I would advise don't do PA work. I would say if you're going to do any day job, don't do a day job. That's not like don't do a day job in the film industry that's not acting. There's a million other ways you can make revenue and we all know, the film industry, I don't know, it's not the best way to go. Like if you commit to doing certain things, people are gonna want you there for X amount of days. If you do background, you're gonna want you there for X amount of days for continuity. And When you start asking for, well, I need time off for this audition or I booked a day on this or like you just really cut yourself off right at the legs and you got nothing to go on and You're better off to get a job where you have different flexibility. You might not make as much money even, but then live a more modest lifestyle. If you're gonna be an on-camera principal performer, do that. But I think the people that try to find ways in through PA work or background work, the success ratio, I'm sure somebody's gonna probably write in and say, that's crazy, I did it once, great. You did it once. I know uh, a guy who's in my neighborhood who won the lottery twice. But if that was somebody's business plan or business model for being rich, I think it's crazy. I literally know a guy who's won millions of dollars twice and I would still say it's not a great business plan to be a millionaire. It happens, it happened to a person I know, it's not a great business plan. So my anyways, do, do they have, agents separated by department. Often, some of the smaller agencies, they don't. um, But the main thing is to figure out who your point of contact is in the agency and what your relationship is. So sometimes you have somebody who looks after commercials or voiceover or literary. And if you're, whatever you're doing, you should make sure you have a a separate relationship with that person. But uh, yeah, uh, are are, are commercial departments split by union and non-union? No, but projects are. So... Mm -hmm. So depending on where you are in the in the um, union or non union status, the the agent should only be submitting you for the appropriate stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, should we go to the next question? Sure.
1: Yeah, I'm getting a lot of auditions but no roles. How can I change that?
0: It's great.
1: Um, well, we have a couple of videos on auditions. I would definitely recommend to.
0: Yeah, there's a few things. I mean, one of the things that I think is really cool is I do think we actually have a really cool supportive industry. And I think right now in this pandemic, we're getting opportunities for more Canadians to be seen and more Vancouverites specifically. And I feel like the casting directors, I generally, you know, I really do feel like they cheer for us and they work hard for us. So I think we're getting more opportunities in in, in many cases than we used to. So I think they're fighting real hard for us. The problem is that I think a lot of people haven't taken this opportunity and changed their commitment level to being better. So while casting directors are seeing more people, awesome, you're now one of those people being seen, but keep in mind the competition is now diversified and there's more plentiful. So what are you doing to make sure that you stand out? How are you serving the story? And you know, I hear a million one reasons why people can't afford to get better or can't afford to train or it's not their turn. it's more
1: expensive to spend years not booking than it is to train
0: 100 way more expensive to spend years not booking than it is to train
1: even just today i had to renew every single one of my casting pages um, sure subscriptions and that was hundreds of dollars just today renewing all of them
0: i think it's i think i always find it interesting how much money and time we invest in this craft and how many people then don't also invest enough energy into getting good uh You know, the answer is never, how do I get a good agent? How do I get a good role? It's how do I become a good actor? How do I become a great actor? If you focused entire, if you took all the energy you've ever had on how do I get a better agent? How do I get a better role? How do I get more of this? How do I get more of that? And you took all that energy and you focused exclusively on how do I become a better actor? You will find all those other things you were searching for, start searching for you. And that's the, that's been the secret for working actors forever. That is it. So you have it. So any of your excuses of, I don't have time, I don't have money, I don't have, great. They're great. If you can't find a way around it, you like, have to live with the consequences. Like-
1: some of the biggest agents in LA, people don't apply to them. They come to you.
0: They come to you. So your number one ability is your availability. If you don't have the time or money to get better, you can't be surprised when other people are booking. Now, that being said, there is also just... Sometimes it's just not your turn. So I'm getting a lot of additions, but no rules. How can I change that? On one hand, you're getting a lot of additions. So somebody clearly likes you. Somebody yeah. clearly thinks you're, 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 you're doing things right. It just hasn't been your turn. Keeping in mind that when somebody books a gig, they're not the only one who got it right. Like chances are there were several actors who would be amazing in that role. And then they had to piece it together and it could come down to a whole bunch of different things from chemistry to hair color to whatever i
1: had a casting director once tell me that if you were chosen for the role you were probably no one's first choice and i was like oh everybody settled
0: for sure you know like
1: obviously not in every case but when i heard that i was like oh yeah that's right because there's a million people like deciding who it's going to be it's not just one person being like stamp
0: for sure. So keeping that in mind, there's always, in every round of auditions, there's going to be a group of people that were all the first choice to somebody, and then there's a whole bunch of people that didn't even make that list. So ask yourself which category you're in. If you're not in that group of first choices, at least being somebody's first choice, you got to get if, better.
1: If you're getting lots of auditions, that means that say you're doing it at least a little bit right, because if the casting director keeps wanting to see you, that means that they still thought that what you're doing
0: is good for sure so if you're getting auditions it means people are cheering for you and they think there's something there my advice to you however if you're getting auditions and everybody thinks there's something there but you're not finding ways to be better than you were in the room every time you were than the last time you were in the room if you come in the room and you weren't better than the last time every single time eventually people will get fatigue and you will see those auditions dry up. You need to constantly be getting better or you'll be perceived as getting worse. You have to get better. And if you're not booking it, you have to be smart about it. There's a lot of room in this town for smart actors. So make sure that if you're getting lots of auditions and you're not booking, uh, uh, what I'm not going to say is don't get feedback. You don't need feedback. If you're looking for feedback, you're looking for a bunch of subjective opinions, no different than what Sydney had just said in terms of, you know, if you book the rule, there's a really good chance you were nobody's first choice. So don't look for how do I become everybody's first choice. That was never the answer. The answer is how do I get so good that when I self-assess, I know. My material was amazing. And I know I keep getting brought back into the room and keep finding different ways to get better and stronger so that you keep being invited back in the room. If you keep being invited back in the room, it will eventually pay off. And sometimes nobody likes hearing this. Sometimes you gotta be patient. Sometimes it's not your turn. I'd say in my 30 year career, almost every cool thing I've happened, I feel like happened five years later than it should've. I feel like, man, I feel like I was ready for this five years ago on almost every single thing that's happened. So there is some value in just being patient, not realizing that your career's not six weeks long, I was going to take a shot at somebody in my mind. That would have been so crappy if you, Uh Your career's not six weeks long. Uh, You've got to just stay the course, keep getting better. And when you start booking, also realize when you start booking more, other people are now chasing you. So you know what the news is? You got to keep getting better because other people are gunning for your work. So if that upsets you or disappoints you, this might not be the right job for you uh, if you're not willing to do what it takes to not only get there, but to stay there.
1: And now on the flip side, I have an agent, but have no auditions.
0: Uh Uh-oh, dun-dun-dun. So that can happen you know you and your agent are trying to figure it out like you got to remember your agent knows this much about you they got your headshot your demo a couple of headshots maybe they know a little bit about you They've had some conversations they don't know a lot about you so they're trying real hard to figure out how do i sell this person how do i get them in the room you know there's- like
1: how long have you had this agent are you are you really connected to this agent have you done everything for this agent on your end? Have you done updated headshots? Have you well, done an updated resume?
0: Sure. Are you well, doing training? <laughs> well, that's that's the thing. So, what are what are you doing that gives you know an agent? Remembering that when an agent submitting you for roles there's you know dozens of agents all submitting for that role and casting only has time to see so many people so your agent has to find a reason why are you going to see my client or clients instead of other people's clients or clients and what tools are you giving them and if your tools are well I'm going to try really hard or I really want it or I think if somebody just saw my raw natural skill set, honestly it's crap it's not enough it's just it's not nearly enough and that's you, those actors often uh, post on Instagram, I can't believe my agent just dropped me. And it's like, well, yeah, you, you didn't get better. You never tried. And you thought you were just waiting to you be still discovered. just
1: have potential instead of actually working on that potential. Yeah.
0: So, uh, and again, this is just a reality check that if you want to get good at this, there's lots of opportunities for people. And your agents want to get you in there. Your agent doesn't want you to not. An agent that has you on the roster and doesn't get you in the room is working every day for you, several hours a day to make no money. It's not in their best interest. So it's not like they're like, ha ha ha. How do I keep them on the roster and never get any money from Yeah,
1: no this? agent is like, hmm, how can I waste their time and my time?
0: Yeah, an agent doesn't, nobody would do that. It's illogical. So keep in mind, they're working really hard to get you in the room. So this is where part of your, your responsibility as the actor is to maintain a healthy, mutually respectful uh, relationship with your agent where you have aligned vision and goals, and you should be talking. And if you're not getting the room, then you maybe set a target and say, you know what? Uh, let's, let's see if we can just meet one new casting director we haven't met. Let's just scan. Let's not submit for, to everybody, but let's find that one audition over the next three months. <coughs> Excuse me. Let's find that next audition over the next three months where, um, somebody hasn't seen us and we'll see if they'll let us do a push for a self tape. Well, I guess we're all doing those self tapes, but see if they'll watch tape, see if they'll see tape on this one thing. And, uh. You know, find, or and there's a lot of other and different things you can like, do. You
1: can even like check casting workbook, see, because the all on casting workbook on breakdowns and sides, you can see all the sides that are being sent out. And if you look at it and you're like, oh my god, I'd be perfect for this, ask your agent to make a push for that role and see if they you can take for it, anyways.
0: First, now the one thing I would say is be careful not to do that too much, yeah. though, because if you do that too much, like if I'm your agent and you're calling me every two minutes to tell me which. Which roles? Oh, yeah, no, I, I mean, forgot like, to say once a once yeah.
1: in a while. Because in other
0: ways it sounds like you're babysitting me. And what I hear is, hey, you know how you're really crappy at your job? I know you're working for free, but I know you but you're also really crappy. So can you do your like that's not gonna make the relationship better? So find ways to give your agent more tools. Find your way to give your agents opportunities to give you opportunities. Help them help you. And uh, that's, you know, so I'm get, what was the specific question was?
1: I have an agent, but no audit.
0: Yeah. So Sydney's right. Like, you know, sometimes it just takes time. You guys got to find your rhythm, but this is why it's really important to maintain that constant communication, not necessarily daily, but, you know, maybe even once a week or every two weeks, you just touch base or maybe you sit down every three months and say, you know, don't take up a whole day, take up 15 minutes and just say, I'd really like to work on this or what, what is something I could do that you think would be an asset for you? What tool can I give you? To help me get, get get me in the room, and then i say, you know, take this chorus, get these headshots, uh, get these demo scenes up, get a voiceover reel. They could say a million and one different things, and just make sure that make sure none of it's performative. Make sure you guys are really looking at actual things that are going to create actual results. But then set tangible goals and have you both work towards it tangibly. And then after three months or whatever your meeting schedule is, sit down and say, okay, it worked or it didn't. If it worked, amazing. You guys found a new way to work together and, and, and move your career forward. So now do it again and do it more. If it didn't work, then change it up.
1: Yeah, i say we only have one more question because two of these could just be a whole video on its own.
0: Sure, what um, do you, you want to go with? So
1: I think that we should go with Candice's question next, which is what are some good options That are still in the craft that can keep me busy while I'm waiting for acting
0: jobs. (laughs) So again, I'm going to say my answer is don't. That's my answer. My Uh, answer is don't. Keep
1: busy by training. Uh, Yeah. Keep busy by acting.
0: Uh, Create your own work. Um, Make your own films. Make put on. You know, when the world is different, create live performances. Uh, I feel like we should never be
1: waiting for acting jobs. I feel like we should always be working well them. yeah
0: i i know a few actors whose entire commitment to their craft is waking up on monday morning to see if their agent has emailed them i'm if not that's...
1: saying this in like a way like bashing Candace whatsoever. thank you so much for the question i'm just saying it in a way of uh i think it's a time to change mindsets
0: yeah but i you know good ways to keep busy again i'm going to go back to what i said earlier earlier i think so many people are so hell-bent on the destination, they forget the journey. So Arthur Ash Journey uh, once said that success is a journey, not a destination. You are successful if you make the journey successful. If you're focused entirely on the destination, there's a good chance that you forget how to get there or you never find the way to get there. So uh, some good options that can keep you busy while you're getting waiting for acting jobs, get better at acting, get better. How do you get better? take classes. Take classes and go to classes where you're seeing the results. Like go to classes where people are getting the results you want to see. Train with people that have the results you want to have.
1: And then take some cheap workshops here and there. Like ones that are like, I've had times where I've looked at things like, oh, it's $20 to take this workshop. Might as well see what other people are doing just to do it. If you have the funds, like
0: you can do, but see my, my advice, I'm not sure I would do that. I'm not sure I would. Like, I I would say... I think
1: you can learn everything from everyone, even if it's that you disagree with what they said. But it's
0: not about learning everything from everyone. Like, the thing is, how do you... Like, if your goal... Like, the whole purpose to take a workshop or a thing isn't to pad the resume, and it's not to just learn a thing. The thing is, how do I learn a step that moves me forward? So my thoughts with this is that, you know... I think there's a lot of I did it. I did it in the beginning of my career. I trained with people because my agent said, you want this name on your resume or, you know, this person is doing a workshop and it's only $20. And I would do a bunch of those. And you know what happened? Nothing. It didn't move my career an inch. But then I started training with people that had the success I wanted and I made their habits, my habits. And then I started booking. So This is where I would just say it's really important to be selective, find the people that have the success you want, figure out what they're doing and make those habits your habits. So when you're saying, what are some good, uh, options in the craft that can keep me busy while I'm waiting, read more plays. Have a play beside your bed and read it every night. Uh, take smart classes that resonate with what you're trying to do. Watch more movies with a with a more, uh, I, I guess, uh, investigative eye, a more, you know, a, an educational approach to it. And just get better. If you get better, you'll create more opportunities. Now, that being said, uh, I've already said, I did the things that I just said I wouldn't do. So I think everybody has to do what they have to do.
1: I'm not saying skip a day of proper training to go and take a $20 workshop and don't put it on your resume. But like if there's an opportunity to go to one, it's good to meet other actors as long as you're not surrounding yourself by just people that are celebrating the false victories
0: that, that, and I guess that would be my one thing is that we do meet certain people that take certain workshops and this, you know, it's kind of like, it reminds me of fight club, like the movie fight club where, you know, you've got Edward Norton uh, and Helena Bonham Carter taking all these different self helpers, but they're not getting any better. Like and they're taking all these free things to get the coffee, to get the this, the that. And then they all what they end up is they get surrounded by a bunch of people that aren't getting better, and they're all in what should be things that get them better, but it's performative and it's not goal driven.
1: Why I started taking some of them is because whoever you signed up with would send you a scene that they felt suited your headshot. So it was a way for me to see how other people looked at my headshot. I think that's that's very smart.
0: See that's to me, that's a brilliant reason to do it. Yeah,
1: and I like Obviously, a lot of them I hated it. I did like I didn't stay for the whole workshop, but I did my portion and left. But like yeah. kept my screen on. Um, but it's a good way to find out how people think of you, and a lot of them are pretty cheap online if you have the funds. If it's like excess, so you're gonna go buy a Starbucks latte, and you can do a quick little monologue. Sure.
0: But I, I guess the one thing I would want to say with it is, and you would just you've already said it. But don't fool yourself into thinking that's training or don't fool yourself into thinking that's, again, I'm not even saying where you should train, how you should train. I'm saying find a way to be a better actor and don't allow yourself into that, lulling yourself into that false sense of victory. A lot of actors do by creating their own work or winning all these laurels at these independent film festivals and blah, blah, blah. They do all these things. But if you really look at their work, it never evolves and it never matures and they haven't they haven't followed steps. I'm
1: trying to think of a better word than the word that's in my head because it's not quite appropriate. Uh-oh.
0: Uh, now I want you to say
1: it. I'm not going to say it, Don't but it's just it. like a, just pretty much like a bunch of people just like patting each other on the back when no one's getting any better and they're just kind of doing the same scenes over and over again. Like, wow, good job. You did that scene really good. Good job. You did that scene really good, but nobody, it's,
0: well, yeah, that's the thing. You don't need the dopamine effect of the equivalent of somebody liking your post. Like, get better. Learn how to understand story better. Learn how to serve the story. Learn how to be a smart actor. Learn, how, learn the different paradigms of how a, a script works. Learn, just keep learning, get better. And uh, that's how you stay busy um, while you're looking for acting jobs. But even more important than that, learn how to serve the story and then stop waiting for somebody to invite you to the dance. Invite yourself. Now, once you learn the story, go make a short film, get some people together, but make a good one. Make a good one and make something that you're proud of. Don't make a film where you say, uh, check this out. Now imagine if we had more time to make it or check this out, imagine if we had better lights, check this out, imagine if we had better actors, check this out, imagine if we had better sound. Anytime I watch a thing, I don't want to imagine extra stuff. I'm watching your thing so I don't have to imagine. I want to suspend disbelief and pretend that what I'm watching is real. That's what I'm, like if you're telling me now I've got homework to do, here, watch this short film I did. The sound's terrible and the lighting's awful and I need you to color this and hold it up every five seconds and pretend that was in the frame. I'm like, I'm not doing homework. Yeah, I've had a lot of people
1: recently be like, look at this trailer for this short film I did. A trailer for a short film is a lot already. Yes. And then if the trailer itself is like really bad, I'm not going to watch you in 15 minute film. No. You don't need a three minute trailer for a 15 minute film. Also, side note, calling some of my friends out right now, but don't have a three minute trailer for a 15 minutes.
0: Yeah. So the bottom, bottom line is, you know what? Get better, work hard, work, but not even get better. Work smarter. Be a great actor. Learn from those who have the success you want. And, and, and then make those habits your habits. Like the answer is not tricky. Like this isn't even just an acting, this is like any successful business out there, you talk to anybody in any successful business and they'll give you the exact same advice. Build successful habits. Find people who have successful habits and make those habits your habits. That has always been the answer. If you're looking for, yeah, but that's not how I want to do it, or but I, I think it could work this way because it happened to my cousin's friend's former roommate once. Neat, but it's not a plan, it's hoping. And I can't. And I think I just quoted a, like a bank commercial, but I hope it's <laughs> not a plan. You need you need a plan. Uh, anyways, that's a lot of the questions that we had for uh, this week's podcast. We want to thank you guys and yeah. giving us a chance to spar a little bit. We haven't done yeah. that before. I like and- that
1: uh thanks again to
0: our sponsor yeah we uh make sure that you uh, use vancouver actors for the discount code and just you know again make sure every self-tape treat it like it's the biggest audition of your life and one day it will be so yeah bye bye